0: Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 121. Welcome back, Adamantomaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope everyone's summer is off to a good start. Vaccination rates are, are high here in Canada, and we're getting a bit of our life back, and it feels great. The Euro Cup is on, and man, as a soccer fan, it has been so exciting so far. Every game, like in the round of 16, has been uh, incredible, like an edge of your seat nail biter. It's actually really hard for me to pay attention to any other sport when the World Cup or the Euro Cup is on. It's almost impossible for me to get any work done. <laughs> but we do have a badass podcast for you today. One of my Favorite bands when I was in university. We've got Buck Cherry right here on the Adamantium podcast, and I'm so excited. I spoke to their lead singer and frontman, Josh Todd, who is basically the definition of a rock star. When you think of what a rock star looks like, it is it is Josh Todd. He pretty much encompasses sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But you will be surprised again, one of those lessons in life we all learn. Don't judge a book by its cover. There is an awesome amount of humbleness uh, and honesty when you speak to Josh, and I thought that was really, really cool. He's not just a front when he does an interview, and so I'm really excited to share that with you, as it might be a side of Josh you've never seen before. I got to speak to Josh as one of our virtual series episodes, which we have been doing during the pandemic. We actually recorded this one a little while ago, but their latest album, Hellbound, was just released last Friday, June 25th. It is available on all streaming services, of course, or wherever you buy your music. I also think they released some kind of colored special edition vinyl versions of the album, which is pretty cool if you're a collector or into that kind of thing. And Hellbound is exactly what you know and love from Buck Cherry. Some party songs, some songs to have a good time to, which is really what we need this year. So go and check it out as I mentioned, we did record this episode a few weeks back, well before the album was actually released. So you'll hear Josh talking about pre-ordering the album. We also talk about Toronto still being on lockdown, which is no longer the case. So just in case you're wondering what that's all about. Before we get into the interview with Josh, uh, let's do the adamantium recommend segment. And that is when I choose five of my favorite Buck Cherry songs to recommend to you, whether you're a new listener of Buck Cherry or just a longtime fan that we can compare. And like I said, especially when I was in university, I was a big fan of Buck Cherry, so it was almost kind of hard to pick just five songs. But let's start with the song from their 2008 album, Black Butterfly. The song is called Rescue Me. It's one of my favorite Buck Cherry songs. And we talk about it in the interview, and there is actually a great story behind that song. Uh, So stay tuned for that. Then of course there was Buck Cherry's Milestone record, it was called 15, it came out in 2006. I've got three songs picked out from that album. The first song I've picked out is called Next To You, and then of course a Buck Cherry list wouldn't be complete without the song Sorry and Crazy Bitch. And then lastly I've picked out what is Buckcherry's original hit back to their 1999 album, self-titled album, the song is called Lit Up. And that's it. If you're a Buckcherry fan, you know those songs, no doubt about it. For the most part, pretty obvious choices. Uh, if you are a Buck Cherry fan tuning in to the Adamantium podcast for the first time today, first of all, thank you so much for tuning in. We would absolutely love to have you back sometime. I'm sure there's a few guests on our list of 120 episodes uh, that would tickle your fancy. And there is no sign of us slowing down. Plenty, plenty more to come. So hit that subscribe button on whichever network you choose to get your podcasts. You can also follow The Adamantium Podcast on social media. We're available on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and we're on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison, or you can find us just by searching The Adamantium Podcast. All right, so let's get into today's episode with Josh Todd from Buck Cherry, right here on The Adamantium Podcast, episode number 121. Have a great week, everyone. Have a great long weekend. If you're here in Canada, enjoy Canada Day. If you're in the States, enjoy Independence Day. Be good. Stay safe. Have fun. And you will hear from us very, very soon. How's it going, man?
1: Good. Good just uh chilling at home waiting to uh start the hellbound tour here pretty soon.
0: Yeah man that's pretty exciting next month, eh?
1: Yeah, uh June 1st is like the first show and um we've got about 105 booked uh, in the United States uh here until the end of the year and then hopefully we'll get to go international, you know, all depending on you know the vaccine status and yeah. how it's all rolling out in Europe and yeah. everywhere else.
0: I bet you guys are chomping at the bit to get back out there.
1: Yeah, I mean for sure, uh we spent all last year making this uh new record Hellbound, you know, it was uh, very time consuming, so I'm glad we had the time. Mm-hmm. Um because it's such a great record and and that record drops uh here June 25th and right. um now yes, now we're ready to <laughs> get on with it for sure. Yeah,
0: for sure man. I mean, I'm I'm here in Toronto. I don't I don't know if <laughs> you've heard of what it's like here in Canada, but we're like at the worst of it now. Like we're actually back in lockdown here in Toronto. It's brutal.
1: It's so. brutal. I, I have friends in, in Canada and in Toronto area outside of Toronto. But, yeah. uh and when I told me that I'm like, are you fucking kidding me?
2: Man, are you kidding been- me?
1: Like I just, it's sad. I don't know how we can't all get aligned in the world, mm-hmm. you know, with the vaccine, you know, I just don't stand it, you know, but, uh, I'm sorry to hear that. I, you know, I, I'm, I live in Los Angeles and we were hit with the worst with the safety protocols and everything last year. Yeah. And now, you know, now California is like, we're, we're like one of the most vaccinated States in mm-hmm. the United States. So um, thank, thank God for that. But I mean, I hope that happens for you guys.
2: I
0: think so now I think where there's seems to be progressing now, but yeah, we've been in one type of a lockdown or another since November. It's been crazy.
1: Yeah, man, you, 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 you go, you go fucking batty, you know? You do, um, you do. It was really great for us to have something to focus on in the quarantine or I would have just lost my fucking mind, you know? Yeah. So, uh, maybe, maybe that's something that you could, I don't know what you like to do. Oh, I, yeah, home, but, I mean, you know? I'm,
0: I'm also the type of person that had to keep myself occupied or I would have leapt off this balcony, you know, like, <laughs> so yeah, I read it. Me too. Literally, like, we got locked down in March and April, I, brought, I bought an electronic drum kit, and I was like, I'm going to get there." You go. super good at the drums See? again. And, yeah, and so, yeah, it's been... That's uh, a
1: great thing. It just, takes, uh, it just takes ambition, you know, because you can learn I- anything on YouTube if you just oh, spend an sure. hour a day I doing mean, it, you
0: know? Yeah, I mean, I was, that was one of those things. I mean, I've been a drummer since I was a teenager. But now that I have a cool man condo, you know, I couldn't move my drum kit into the condo. So it was one of those things I'd been debating a while. And I was like, well, if we're going to be stuck inside a while, might as well focus my energy, you know? So
1: that's great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been good. It's been, I mean, it's been a good way to, to release. I mean, I, I find lots of projects and um, that's, I mean, that's one thing I wanted to ask you because obviously writing this album, producing this album Mm -hmm. obviously must've been a much different, process than previously um tell me what it was like making an album during a pandemic
1: i mean uh in a way it, you know it was it was the same you know because uh we always like building uh, a record from the ground up you know mm-hmm. so we had to shift gear we had to shift gears early 2019 or 2020 because we were going to continue to tour on war paint and just months of touring got wiped away one after the other Mm -hmm. and I was like man we got to shift gears you know by the time all this dust settles it's going to be like two years since our last record and Mm -hmm. we got to write like an amazing record you know we have the time there's no reason why we can't write a great record you know and so we started working on that and um and it was a labor of love you know at that point because uh there was just so much chaos going on in the world with you know you you not only had you had the COVID over here then you had the racism going on in america Mm -hmm. and and then the gun violence and all this stuff was going on and it was just like oh i you know i just want to focus on something positive yeah and the political situation of course, (laughs) that was huge and so um channeling it into uh making a great record was really the the remedy and um so yeah, we just uh worked day in and day out, you know, just nonstop. We treated it like our full-time job, you know, every day getting up and and Stevie and I just throwing back, you know, building songs. Uh I go to his house, he come to my house, mm. he send me something on, you know, the internet. I I start working on it and and so on and so forth until we built this. We wrote about 22 songs for the Hellbound record and then right at the end our label was like, why don't we fly you to Nashville and go write with a week, you know, do a week of writing with Marty Frederson, the mm-hmm. guy who was going to be producing it. And we were like, yeah, we've written with Marty in the past and love him. And so we did that and we wrote six songs in five days with him and they all made the record. So right, we just had, we just had a lot of, a lot of uh, songs uh, to make this record what it is. It's, it's our, really one dope. of our best.
0: Is the whole band located in Los
1: Angeles? Like, were you guys able to easy enough work together or? No. Yeah. Uh, just me and Stevie and Billy, right. you know. Um, Kelly lives in Portland and Francis lives in Texas. So, mm. so what was we, that We for had to, like? We had to send them. Well, you know, Stevie would program the drums on the demos and then we would send them finished songs to learn. Mm-hmm. And then they would learn them at their own homes and then we'd fly them in. To Nashville to do the the drums and bass you know yeah I like and, and but you know we've worked with that like that for a while now so it's not like a, a real difficult thing new.
0: yeah like and, I've spoken to a few European bands who were literally recording in five different studios and sending things back and forth and it's you know it's obviously not the most ideal but you know to make it happen you gotta make it
1: happen yes sir yeah yeah and um, and you know that that is the good thing about technology about today because. Yeah. Cause you really can, if, if, you know, we have, we have a lot of faith in each other because we've been, we we know, we know how good everybody is Mm -hmm. as professional musicians. And we know that they're going to do their homework or they're going to show up sounding like shit, you know, and nobody wants to do that. So they're all doing their own, you know, we have, I have faith in Francis that when I send him a song and say, Hey, learn these parts and you got to lay it down for real at this date so yeah so however that you want to make that happen you got to do that and he does it you know and kelly kelly is the same way so
0: yeah you and you mentioned actually two things in in talking about the album that were questions i had the first being you know the state especially in the the united states over the past year did that have any influence on the writing of the record or was that kind of something you tried to stay away from
1: no we're not a political band you know that's never been what we're about Uh, you know and i don't I, you know, I think the last thing people need at the, when all the dust settles is songs about that point in time. Know. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we wanted to write songs for people to, to like that want to bust out and party and have fun mm-hmm. and like, you know, forget about the negativity. and, and um,
0: Which is what people so want that, from a Buck Cherry album, yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's yeah. the type of record we made and we just dropped a single so hot and mm-hmm. it's gotten it's doing really well, you know, and, and I'm, I'm so grateful because, you know, there's always, you're always 2nd your you're guess, second guessing yourself.
0: Yeah. I, I actually got a, a, an advanced copy of the album and, and listened through it on the weekend and uh, metal. That's so man, great. It was, it was awesome. Like I, it, it felt like a classic Buck Cherry album to me. Um, I've watched the video a couple times uh, and it's, it's wicked, man. I feel like I'm, I, you know, I'm,
1: I'm listening to rock and roll again. So. I'm so grateful for that, you know, because I I, I can see, I can see the Buckcherry shirt you got on. And yeah, I, I it, it's, yeah. it's from, it's, it's an old shirt. I know, I know it's an old print, you know? Yeah, so I'm like, you know, when, when we, when we, I call them frequent flyers when we got Buckcherry mm-hmm. fans that have been with us, this is our ninth record, you know? So to know that you liked it, like it was received by mm-hmm. you when you've heard a lot of Buckcherry, it means a lot, you know?
0: Yeah. I, um, I, I am like, I was, was going to say from the very beginning, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. So this is actually, it's, it's really cool to get the opportunity to have you on the podcast and love uh, that.
1: Thank you, I'm man. A, pleasure.
0: I hope, uh, you know, I'm hoping next time we'll, we'll catch you here in Toronto. So. Uh,
1: yes. Uh, we will be there in Toronto as soon as you'll have us. We've had like uh, big tours booked in Canada. I saw yeah. we have not been we have not been able to get there because it's always one thing after another. But uh, mm-hmm. I think you guys are going to get your stuff together by the end of the year. And, and I think we'll, so, too. We'll get right? over there.
0: I saw that you guys have some dates in October and uh, yeah. actually skipping ahead a little bit. One one thing I thought was really cool about Buck Cherry is you guys do a lot of touring in Canada. And we uh, do. even though like the the one and only live album that you guys have is recorded in in some places in Canada that people like have probably never heard of like medicine hat and Regina and you guys uh, are.
1: Yeah. We've had some amazing shows. In those you guys have yeah. ventured
0: to, to territory, you know, some dare not venture we, almost.
1: <laughs> we played, we played moose jaw. Yeah. You heard of that place? I sure yeah. have. Yeah. Yeah. We've yeah. done, we've done like, we've done winter tours in Canada for like, we've spent, a, we've spent a winter up there in like three weeks or four weeks and just been like, we're ballers up there you know th- that's why they call they call buck cherry the king of the bee markets some people refer to us to, mm-hmm. as that you know and it's because we like to go into every nook and cranny not just major cities
2: mm-hmm. and,
1: and and play rock shows and yeah. because of that we we see a lot of like we, we get to meet and see a lot of cool people you know uh throughout canada places like i just never knew existed you know and yeah canadian canadians are like the nicest people when they're not like drunk and fighting at shows you know? <laughs> it's funny like you know We're like
0: the uh, irish that way that's
1: yeah you know i think you can pretty much guarantee that at a buck cherry show in canada there's going to be a fight at some point yeah. you know? it's it's funny there's it's no funny way. because i always laugh at that because canadians will give the shirt off your back you can you can meet a canadian at tim hortons mm-hmm. that you don't even know and say hey man I got my car is broken down like Hmm. five miles from here. Can you help me out? And they'd be like, yeah, let's go. And, you know, they'd offer you a place to stay for the night too. Like that's (laughs) for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love Canadians in that way. It's
0: amazing. And the great thing about, you know, when you play towns like that is they feel really blessed to have you there. You know, like I've been to shows in Toronto where I'm like, this crowd is so dead because they're used to having a show here every night, you know, and right. Yes. So when you go to a place like Moose Jaw or something, they're like, this is the first band we've had in town in like three years. like <laughs> Man,
1: they, they are yeah. like so grateful. They want to party. Yeah. You know, they they, they base their whole month around this show, you know, and it's, mm. it's uh, that's why we like to do it. That's the yeah. best. And we do that in the United States. Everywhere we go, we do that, you know? Yeah,
0: that's really cool, man. The first time, so I've seen Buck Cherry five times uh, live. Nice. Uh, the first time being the Crew Fest in, I think it was 2009. Uh, yes which was kind of a, I think a kind of a milestone time for you guys as well. So I was, I was curious, you know, tell me about what that summer was like with Motley crew in 2009.
1: You know, a lot of people always refer back to that, you know, that was the first crew fest. I think they did another one after that, Mm -hmm. but I mean, that was, um, that was just, you know, we were, we were hitting on all cylinders, um, Mm -hmm. you know, both bands and, we had a lot of fun. They they were very nice to us, you know, and um, I just remember uh, Tommy Lee, he he used to have this crazy sound system in his dressing room yeah. that he'd set up every night. And so he would go from doing a whole uh, show to like DJing a party in his in his room. Yeah. And, you know, and it was like band and crew guys and like people's friends and family would all be in this room. And he had like this Jägermeister's uh, station yeah. and it was just bananas. And it was so much fun because it was all dance music, you know? So it was all these rockers like dancing to dance music and, and we, we just had a blast, you know? I mean, I think that was like one of the probably the funnest time I've ever had on tour because I love to dance and I love dance music. Like Tommy and I uh, became friends after that. And we, we still, uh, chat to this day you know we text each other from time to time and and uh, we had we had such a great time
0: that's very cool man that's um one of my i think that was right after black butterfly came out
1: yes and, that was a black uh, butterfly record. that's
0: what that's when this was from because you guys played yep. toronto i think later that year and uh i remember it was actually part of a a festival here in canada uh like canadian music week which you mm-hmm. buy a wristband for and if it's a headliner gig, like Buck Cherry was, you have to like show up early. And I remember it was like beginning of March and we like sat outside in the cold for like three hours to get a good spot. And, um, it was a good memory, man. I was in college at the time and yeah.
1: And, love that, uh, man. Love the reason that. I
0: brought it up too is like, I, I mean, there's no question involved, but, uh, one of my all time favorite Buck Cherry songs is rescue me. And, uh, yes, that comes from that album. And, uh, one thing I love about it cause it is, it feels like a party song, but at the same time, it's like one of, I feel like one of the most vulnerable kind of Buck Cherry songs at the same time.
1: Yeah, no, it's not a party song. It's, um, Right, but but it's, I, got, you know, that, it's I, got that, it's got that, that melody. Yes. That makes yeah. Me it's happy. got the, uh, I'll tell you how that song came about. I, I, uh, I was on vacation with my family and my oldest daughter was reading this book for extra credit from school. And it was like this thin book, but I, I was noticing the the cover of it and it was like this, Little boy, and I said, "What is that?" And she goes, "It's it's called a child called it, this mm-hmm. book." And I was like, "Really?" She goes, "Yeah, it's like so hard for me to get through. It's like this horrible child abuse story." And I was like, "Really?" And and I and I read a lot, and I, I was like, "I need a new book." After you're done with it, I'd like it. And mm-hmm. she goes, "Yeah." So she finished it and then gave it to me. And I guess there's three books, and I read two. I, I read two out of the three, but Child Called It was one of them, and I was just like, this is a crazy story about this little boy that was abused by his mother. And, and um, it really resonated with me. I could not like get it out of my head. And so mm-hmm. and that was right when we were writing songs for Black Butterfly. And we wrote a song called A Child Called It. And yeah. then we wrote this other song called Rescue Me. And so that was part of it. And um, that's really what it's about.
0: That's really cool, man. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. That is really cool. And,
1: and since then, I think that kid became a, a lawyer. Oh, really? But, and he was he was a child abuse advocate or mm-hmm. something like that. And he uh, contacted us and we got him to a show and it was like really cool to meet him.
0: I was gonna say, what was that like for you guys? It must have been an emotional experience.
1: It was heavy. It was heavy. You know, like whenever you read something, it's has so much more of an impact than just like seeing it on television or in a movie mm-hmm. theater, you know, and I felt like I lived this guy's a story because mm-hmm. I was so enthralled in in his experience and um just to, to to see it come full circle was like incredible mm-hmm. um, I felt like I felt like you know we brought a lot of awareness to it and and that was you know made was was special for us, you know for sure because it was off the beaten path of what we normally do I was gonna you know? say
0: it's almost like you're doing a bit of advocacy, you know um which is i mean like you said it's it's nice to to see even break up you know uh to take a note um on the sideline to what you know yes sir I'm partying for a minute you know
1: <laughs> but even yes, still that
0: song is still one of the it's that's why i'm saying it's it's so amazing because it's so vulnerable but at the same time that melody is so one of like my favorite melodies of any buck cherry song and Thanks, uh, it gets me like it's on it's always on my my workout playlist and uh it's a great it's a great tune um it's a
1: great rock riff too the it is riff. it is yeah
0: um and speaking so speaking of riff i wanted to go back quickly to so hot because it is i mean that is a like that riff that riff is my favorite part of the song that opening riff Um, that's
1: quintessential stevie d right there right
0: yeah and that is like i feel like that's like the perfect song to like open a gig with um i always think it's like crucial to open a gig with a song that gets you hooked right off the beginning right right for sure and to me like so hot is one of those songs so I wanted to ask what, what were kind of some of the crucial elements to that song for you?
1: Um, you know, Steve and I have a really uh, close bond. You know, we've, uh, I know I've known him since I was 19. When I first moved to LA, uh, I got a job at this uh, vintage clothing store called Ardvarks. Okay. And, um, and he was working there. And that's when I met Stevie, you know, and Stevie, he was at that time, he was working on his own music. And it was kind of, it had, it had kind of a, a really big, Prince uh, flavor and we both love Prince and we would talk about Prince and but you know I here I was in this uh I was in like a really uh punk rock band at the time called Slam Hound and Mm -hmm. and so I was doing my thing and he was doing his thing and but we were friends you know and and we became roommates and um so anyways cut to you know uh the Hellbound record um I know I know everything that's really that that kind of he specializes that's really great and when i want something from him uh i know how to get it you know and so so hot was a perfect example i was like man we need an out of the box rocker that you can dance to you know mm-hmm. and stevie you got to give me this and that was when we were in the room with marty as well and all of a sudden he had this riff that he had been you know, just hanging around for a while, he wrote that riff like out on the road at its like sound check and recorded it into his phone wow. and so that was like one of the first songs that uh we had we had uh we wrote together with Marty, so him and Marty banged out the music and then they sent me that music, and that's what came out of me you know were, yeah. were those lyrics and lyrics and melodies, but I mean that's how quick it was written we We wrote it really quick, and those are usually the best songs,
0: yeah. That's cool, man. Very cool. Um, one little tidbit I, I dug up about you, actually. I'm a huge fan of, uh, you know, I do a lot of music journalism, so I've always been a huge fan of, like, classic Rolling Stone magazine. Um, yes. And I found somewhere that in 1999, before Buck Cherry's first album even, there was a, you were in a centerfold of Rolling Stone magazine.
1: Yes, I was.
0: So tell me, tell me what that was, what that was for.
1: Um, I believe it was, like, one of the first press uh photos of like we we just had a big hype you know behind us when we I think it was when we first started out we were on DreamWorks and they got us this press and it was like a full page of me like I think that's what you're talking about yeah yeah I'm like hunkered down in like some stream or something and and uh well I, I remember when I first saw that I was like wow yeah this is in Rolling Stones I can't believe this this is crazy you know um there was just a lot of hype behind the band uh like i said you know we had we had a hit song called lit up on the radio yeah. and um it was doing really well and nobody nobody really sounded like us we came out like uh during the the rap rock mm-hmm. uh, period where it was like all these rap rock bands uh and then here comes this rock and roll band you know with a song about cocaine and like <laughs> uh, we just we kind of like cut through everything and it was unique and fun at the time and and so, yeah, that was the first big press we got, and it was pretty crazy for us. Yeah,
0: that's that's so cool, man. Like, I look back, I'm mean, like, I miss those Rolling Stone magazines of the of old. Um, yes. Rolling Stone, yeah. like, I've I've uh, I've I've brought portfolios down to their office and handed them in in person in New York City.
1: Oh um, wow, that's cool. I've
0: always, yeah, I've always said like they need to get back, they need to get back to their roots.
1: Um, right, yeah, but uh, I, anyways, I agree. Yeah, I agree. It, t- it took a turn at some point, just like Not MTV a, took a turn and it was yeah. like. It's oh barely well, even a music
0: magazine know. anymore, but uh, right. anyway, let alone rock and roll magazine. But uh, anyways, I thought that was super cool because right at that time, too, like that was, uh, you know, I remember listening to Audio Slave and stuff like that around then. And, and that was big. So it's really cool that you guys, you know, before before anything, even really before the first album, even. So that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it was a really really
0: a fun time for sure. Um one one other thing I wanted to quickly ask too I, I noticed that you know I've seen over the years you've done a bit of acting over the years so I was yeah, curious yes. if there's if there's any series or anything you're watching right now that you would have loved to have a role in.
1: Oh man, oh there's so many I would have loved to have been in Breaking Bad that would have been amazing but I mean, that's long gone. Um let's see for right now. Oh wow. I mean, Ozark would have been a great show to be a part of. Uh, really like that series. I don't know if you've seen that on Netflix. I have Yeah, I've seen it. I saw the first, the first season. Amazing. Yeah. Um, what else? Have you seen Serpent on Netflix? Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually, I haven't. My girlfriend just watched it. Sorry, uh, she's she's obsessed with, like, murder shows. <laughs> and uh, she, like, she she was telling me all about it. Yeah,
1: you know, I like I don't need to watch it because I've heard but, everything
0: like... about it now. But, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's really, it's really great. You should, you should watch it. But I, you know, I'd like to be on something like that or like there was this Unabomber series on Netflix that was really cool or not Unabomber, Mindhunter, The Mindhunter series on Netflix. Uh, David Fincher one? a part of anything like that would have been really fun for me, you know? Yeah,
0: I always thought it, I always thought you would have made a great character in Sons of Anarchy.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of an obvious choice. Obvious Uh, choice, yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would, that would be, that would be fun. But like a part of any kind of, uh, criminal, uh, element, you know, like psychological thriller would be, would be really, really cool More down your, your alley. I noticed before yeah. I let you
0: go, I noticed you've got a Muhammad Ali poster back there. Yes. Tell me, tell me what your thoughts on this Mayweather Logan Paul fight is.
1: I have no thoughts. I'm a, I'm a real <laughs> baka. Bo- I'm a real boxing fan. That's just nonsense yeah. to to raise money, you know, to make money, you know, and, and listen, I love Mayweather. Mayweather would not take a, a fight if he couldn't uh, win, yeah. you know, and, and he's, he's gonna, he's gonna really show that, that guy, like, you know, he's, <laughs> he's going to give him a, an, an education in the sweet science for sure. But as far as like a fight fan paying for something like that, I, I just, I'll watch it on YouTube at some point. Day but yeah. uh, like, I just saw an amazing fight in and, and Carson live. Mm-hmm. I went to a live boxing uh, match with uh, uh, Chris Ariola and um, John Ruiz. Uh, mm. Really, really great, uh, amazing heavyweight fight. And there was a lot of great prelims too as well. So that was a lot of fun. In Vegas? No, right. it was in Carson, California. In Carson. Oh God, gotcha, gotcha. That's... Did you ever, have you ever tried boxing yourself? Yeah, I do it as a workout. You do, um, yeah. Yeah. I used to, I used to just train and work out at wildcard in mm. uh, Hollywood, which is okay. Freddie Roach's gym and Freddie Roach loves Buckcherry. Really, really cool guy. If you go to the wildcard gym, there's a picture of him with, uh, uh, Buckcherry beanie on, you know, like a really okay. classic, classic photo of him. Um, he's, he's just a lovely guy, very humble and sweet. You can go in there anytime and, and he's, he'll talk to you. And he's just a legend, you know, and there's so many, like, there's so many great boxers in there, you know, and you can just go in there and work out. And like, there's like professional boxers mm-hmm. just working out right really? next to you. It's, Where it's is amazing. That? It's called a wild card, uh, boxing gym, really, really well-known uh, boxing gym, Hollywood okay. and Hollywood. It's, it's a uh, vine and Santa Monica gotcha we're being in hollywood
0: my my girl and i are planning to do a like hop in a van and drive the, the west coast next year
1: you gotta you gotta stop by the wild card Boxing. Okay.
0: yeah man you know, i i used to do i used to do muay thai um oh great but, but boxing is a big part of that so
1: yeah they got little benches in there you can just go in there and sit down on a bench with you man. and your girlfriend and just hang out and shoot the shit and there's yeah. so many characters in there man it's amazing yeah. and a lot of a lot of actors, you know, and musicians—they they'll work out there too. You yeah. know,
0: that's awesome, man. Um, thank you. I mean, thank you so much for taking the time out of your your day to do this. Like I said, I'm a big fan, so it's really cool to to get to chat with you for a bit.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for the love, and and uh, everybody, go out and pre-order the Hellbound record right now, and it drops June 25th, and we'll be on tour uh, June 1st in the states, and get to Canada as soon as you guys uh, open up. Awesome, man. I hope to
0: see you here in Toronto. Uh, for uh, We'll do a follow-up episode. Yes, sir. I'd love All right, that. All right. Good be good. You, Thank you. Later.